0: You're listening to the real estate radio hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney broker at Remax preferred and Andy Presky leader of the preferred home team at Remax Advantage Plus. What do you think of that photo? That's uh we we did a show for about a year on ESPN and it was uh, basically a combination sports show with real estate. It was kind of interesting. We kind of were doing it for the communities and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, it was a lot of freaking work, a lot of work. And it was kind of more. We had to know a lot about high school sports, which I had a, a big. Uh, I I loved high school sports, and so it was fun.
1: Wasn't uh,
0: uh, Winfield on that show? Or
1: we you interviewed some young kids on here.
0: No, um,
1: Winfield, like Dave Winfield. Or, no, no, Antoine or Antonio Winfield Jr. just won the Super Bowl for the Bucks. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think we, we had a bunch of kids. Yeah, that were on there. It was, uh, it was kind of fun. We had coaches, and we just kind of concentrate on the, the high school stuff. So it was fun. It was a good time. So it was Come about out.
1: like real estate in those different cities you're just going over the cities or what
0: We would talk just a little real estate but it was basically like we we're giving back you know more giving back to them because they also there's another real estate show over at Advantage plus has a, a radio show that's been on ESPN for a long time so we were kind of a, another one with it but remember we got that nice little trip to spring trading out of it Nick yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was very interesting. Well, uh, the Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, was on that flight and uh, got all his stories. I mean, that was pre his book. Very, very, very interesting life. So.
1: Yeah, he was very, very kind.
0: I'm uh, currently in a, in a hostel
1: in Seville, Sevilla in uh, South Spain. Not too shabby. I like it. It's an old uh, palace, I believe. There's a pool on the rooftop.
0: Wow. You, uh, you look like you got a little recipe back there in English, too. I can actually read it.
1: Yeah, a lot of these hostels, a lot of people speak English. It's kind of like the international language, so you, you fit in good. But here's a couple photos uh, in Cordoba till, okay. um, we get Andy on here. So that was an ancient Roman bridge built 2,000 years ago. This is the, the Cathedral Mosque. Pretty cool. And then this is a, a famous street in Cordoba.
0: I'm just thinking with some of those houses and, and uh, structures that you wouldn't be able to lock into alone very quickly. I think that that's the the building cycle might have been a little too long on those.
1: Yeah, ancient ancient stuff. And lastly, look at that. There's
0: me hiding out there in the in the mosque cathedral. Oh boy. So, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a it's it's a different world than we're living in right now. I'll Tell you that, which happens to be a real estate market as well. And that real estate market is uh, still interesting. It's still hearing of a lot of uh, multiple offers, things going real fast, Um, but there's other price points that are, you know, sitting a little bit and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think it's, you know, people are, oh my gosh, if it hasn't sold in three days. And that's true because things were selling uh, so fast uh, before that uh, a normal market is a little different, but I still see that we're gonna after uh, maybe even Labor Day, once the parade starts up again, that we're gonna get some uh, nice uh, activity going. But there, there is a little slowdown. But again, some price points are are still as crazy as they were in uh, you know March through June. So
1: fun. Uh, I think I've heard that the last five radio shows the same kind well, of thing.
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, and that's the truth. I mean, and and when you talk about a you know, a market update when things aren't, I mean, I remember when we we used to do that all the time on CCO and, uh, when interest rates were moving and stuff like that, you know, and everything was volatile. I mean, you got a different market update and there's, there's something to say that's kind of good about having some consistency that it's not super crazy. So, but people are still buying, people are still looking. They're just a little more, um, you know, they you and you can sniff it out it's it's very it's it's kind of interesting because there's some people that you know the market has kind of shifted in some price points but some of the buyers don't know that yet uh when they when they enter it so they're kind of thinking it was back in june and and they start going higher but then there really is some competition can you give some examples of that What, what do the buyers not know um like what's happening in that price point so let's just say that um I mean, in, in both ways too, the flip-flop that some buyers come into it and say, well, you know, we, yeah, it's at, uh, it's at, uh, 299, I'll go 300. Well, if you were that buyer and you kept losing out on it, it was, it was 350 that they were going at, you know, you didn't understand when you're jumping into that market. But the, the other is true in that all of a sudden you start seeing some of the, um, prices. So. Let's just say I have a listing and it's in the $500,000 mark, okay? And I'm gonna list another one, which is in the $500,000 range, but I just witnessed what is happening in that price point from a listing agent that, hey, the showings really dropped. There's only four of them. We only had one offer. We only got 500,000, okay? Well, I know that. Nobody else knows that. All they saw was that it sold really quick, so they figured that it went higher. So now a buyer comes in and all of a sudden, hey, I want that thing. I'm going to pay you 550. dollars they did they didn't recognize that, hey, this is what's happening in this market. It's starting to slow down because there's not as many buyers in it, but they don't know that because they're used to seeing, okay, that one went and that one went. But from a listing side, you know what's happening. And you can feel it. And people don't know when it goes pending what it sold for. So they really have to wait. And that's what was happening early on. People had to find out. Like in February, we knew what was happening with prices, but no one found out until late March what was really happening. And then they're kind of like they just lost two months of the market, now they have to fight and, and try to get behind so or get ahead of the market. so that's that's what I mean by that.' And it's, it's really interesting. So if you're not, if you're not um, you know using an agent that understands what that market is doing, you know not only are you going to probably lose a bunch of times at the beginning, but you might pay too much money later on when that market shifts. So. Makes sense. Yeah, not
1: too bad. Let's go into to our first little segment here. Um covenants and your home value. How does it affect it?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess first of all, we should talk about what covenants are and uh, there's there's rules. That's a good one. Um rules are covenants and it's you know, you, but there's all different types of covenants. You know, you might get covenants at the very beginning, just states that, hey, how big of a house you can build? What colors can it be? What kind of roofing material, uh you know, can you park, you know, in the driveway? And that sometimes it hurts your, well, creativity. So let's just say that, uh, you know, one thing that's changed that hadn't uh, been before in old covenants It talked about uh solar panels, that you couldn't have those because they're ugly. And, you know, you could have them in a in a, in an area. Now they're starting to be a little more uh, prevalent because people are getting into them and they're getting great uh, rebates for them and it's becoming more acceptable. Uh, still very expensive in which to do, but in, in the, the new world and being green, you know, that's a big thing. But some of those older covenants said that you couldn't have those. So it, it's kind of one of those things that your, your home value can um, flip and flop uh, based on what those covenants are or what you want as far as where you're gonna live. For instance, uh, many covenants talk about uh, the ability to park in your uh, driveway, park overnight. There's some that says, hey, you can't, you can't park any vehicle outside overnight. Some of it's, you can't have a car there more than 48 hours. Well, if it's a, if it's a two-car garage and you have a, a kid that's about to drive, I mean, you can't have a car there, you know? So that, that's a problem. Sometimes you can't um, have a boat. I've got uh, two people that are moving out of a neighborhood because, um, and it's a, one of those neighborhoods that's kind of the move up, you know, that, that, hey, we went into this neighborhood because we're kind of moving up in our, in our careers and, and we're going to keep going. Well, when you do that, you kind of get into a house you're like, okay, well, let's stay, but let's start fixing it up or let's just start getting other toys because you can afford more, but you haven't. So some of those people would get a camper or they'd get a boat. Well, in that neighborhood, you can't have a camper or a boat in your driveway. So now it becomes, well, geez, now we gotta go park it off off site, or we have to go get a, a slip. And you know, what if my parents come and they want to stay in the camper? And so it becomes a lifestyle, then they're saying, you know what, I'm out of here. I don't want this house. Now we're gonna move up to it to a new one. So covenants can um, shape what, what you're buying. And I think it's uh, a lot of times, you know, there's association documents and covenants, they're they are different, but they're kind of the same. And what a covenant is, it goes against your title, but sometimes you don't get those shared with you. So if you're in somewhat of a newer neighborhood, more than likely that neighborhood did have covenants uh, with it. Now, whether or not they hold the covenants hold up uh, where I live right now, it, it's very interesting because there was covenants that showed up uh, and someone tried to use them against someone else, but that uh, started In like 1964, and they had covenants. And back then, you didn't do it. But this area, what they were trying to do is not um, have—it's on a point, you know. So you have views off both sides. And what they didn't want to do is they didn't want to have two-story homes to block the views for both people. So you know, as as it goes on, all of a sudden you start looking. It's like, well, geez, I want to rebuild my house. And then people, some people got away with it after the fact. Well these covenants came out on a new on uh, new houses that are happening and they weren't um they, they weren't uh whatever um able to you know say hey this is gonna stop us from from building what we want to be able to build and then it becomes a fight and you have to go through it so um, keep your eyes open on different things that uh that if it's if it's a neighborhood that was built um You know, even since kind of mid to late 80s, you might have covenants that uh, you probably won't find out about, you know, you're supposed to disclose that, but a lot of people don't even know that don't even have it and they don't even know what's in those covenants. So it's easy to be able to find you can go um, through the county and find out what's against that property for title work and then be able to just ask and get that sometimes it's online where you can get it or. What I tell people is that um, when you go in the MLS and you just look at other listings that were in there to see if they have a copy of them so you might find them on the supplements or you might find them in the comments and it says you know hey you uh, there's protective covenants okay well that should alert you to be able to kind of go look and those are things you can do during the inspection period as well so when
1: they were building the two-story that blocked the views and they got away with it do covenants really come into play when the neighbors get mad or someone gets mad?
0: Usually if someone wants to enforce them, you know, after the fact, because usually covenants are in place to be able to kind of put your, Hey, this is what your expectations are of living in this neighborhood. And some of them might be, you know what? You can't have, um, a wild colored house. We have, a, we have a place that, the all the colors have to be, um, approved by the Ar- Ar- architectural control committee. And, uh, these people, um, a couple switched the color that wasn't supposed to be there. And it was a color that they would let other people have. And all of a sudden, now that's a problem. Now other people are gonna be complaining about it. And so where it goes from there kind of depends on who the, the person is that's uh, filing it and how far they're gonna push it. But it's, what, that's, that's in everything. What areas um, have
1: more covenants and which areas have less in the Twin Cities area?
0: Um, typically, you know, when you're when you're in the city and the houses are closer, those become more covenant ridden. Um, but there's acreage ones that tell you exactly, you know, hey, you have to have if it's a rambler, it's got to be four thousand square feet. If it's a two story, it's got to be fifty two hundred square feet. You got to have a three car garage. The garage doors have to be uh, this kind of a flavor. You have to have brick or stone on the front and back and a combination of LP or Hardy siding, you know, or No, you can do vinyl, or it has to be a cedar shake roof, so it it really kind of depends, but typically in the metro and almost every development now has got some sort of covenants uh, on it. There's
1: no areas with free living with that many rules
0: left or no? Not really. I mean, it's if you get your own, like, 10-acre parcel or or offshoots, you know, then you can do it, but even with that, you know, you have um, county and township-type rules. That you have to follow as well. So that comes in when you're building uh, an outbuilding. You know, a lot of people go into the acreage to do an outbuilding. If you're in Scott County, you know, there's there's certain requirements. So it's anywhere um, from a 1,600 square foot outbuilding to a 4,000 square foot outbuilding, based on how much acreage that you have. You know, if you want horses, is that area uh, good for horses? Or I think it's uh, one horse for three acres and uh, another horse. Each additional acre, you can be able to have a horse as long as you have pasture land. Uh, So there's a lot of those different things that are um, those are county requirements above and beyond what the covenants would be. So we have a development um, in reverence that uh, is more architectural control. And so it's just like, hey, the developer and the builder are the same same people. They're working together to protect the values in there. But they're not saying that, you know what, you have to have this size of a house. But the county came in there and said, you know what? You can't have your houses closer than 150 feet from the, the road. So we can't do nothing about that. That overrides what those covenants already are. You know, we can't go less than that. Now our, our model home, uh, which you uh, held open quite a few times was uh, 500 feet, you know, back. Well, when you do that, and let's just say that's a, that's a covenant, I mean, that, that driveway now is $55,000. Versus what you would build maybe in a city lot, you'd have eight thousand dollars for uh, a driveway. So sometimes covenants, you know, pushing it where it pushes it, that the price kind of goes up. Cool. Well, it definitely right, let's affects, move in. It definitely affects home value.
1: Let's move into a, a fun little segment here: real estate and TikTok is starting to really take off. A lot of agents are moving to the platform. Different way to market. Different way to get their brand out so i have some videos here that i want you to look at and i think my perspective will be good too as a as a younger person totally. so, so the first one
0: i've been off for three nights at the
1: motel under street lights in the city of balms call me what you want what you want you want
0: I mean that's totally. Lifestyle. That's a total lifestyle video right there, and it's quick and to the point. And um, I, I think those are fantastic. I've been talking to you about TikTok here, trying to understand it first of all, and, and how they're doing it. But um, those kind of uh, videos, I think, are uh, going to be a, a fun thing. So I'm thinking about me and Andy trying to do some of that crap. Uh, Here's the next one. If
1: you don't have a lot of money, becoming a real estate agent is the fastest way to make the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Let me show you how to get started. It's really easy. I'm going to show you three different examples from three different states, but remember you need a high school diploma and at least be 18 years of age. In Florida, you just take a 63 hour course and boom, you're ready to take the state exam. Guys, for New York, it's a 75-hour course, and boom, you're ready to take the state exam. And in Texas, it's just 180 hours, and boom, you're ready to pass your state exam. To put this into perspective, guys, you could pass your course within a month. Once you pass the state exam, you get your license. Once you get a license, you join an agency. Once you join an agency, you start making some sales. Once you start making some sales, you start making commissions. Once you start making commissions, you start saving your money. Take that money.
0: What do you think of that? (laughs) <laughs> a, little recruiting, a little recruiting video there. So I, I guess my question is, is, is who's watching this and how do you get it out there? And can you take your TikTok and then put it into like Facebook?
1: Yeah, I mean, I assume that is for younger people interested in money and maybe don't want to go the college way. And I think like that girl does a bunch of different real estate um Uh, Content, so it's not just about becoming an agent. It's about here's how I flip this house, you know, investing, and just to show that she's like a professional and expert in the field. And then, yeah, you can take that video and put it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you
0: can you can take a a TikTok. So why don't you explain what the actual um, TikTok is like? Do they set up the format for you, or you just? Take the pictures and it can. I mean, do you have to be a a genius to be able to figure it out?
1: No, no, they yeah, you take the videos and photos, and then they have some edit mechanics that you can do like all the little writing and the transitions. And it's, I mean, no, I mean, little kids do it, so I don't think it's too complicated
0: to figure out. (laughs) Let's see about that. All right, you got more? All right, let's go. Yep. Don't buy the brand new house that's being built here. Instead, buy the fixer-upper house over there and turn it into this house. Take a house like that that needs work, fix it up and get the instant equity. You can sell it, take that cash and do something else with it. You could rent it and you'll have long-term appreciation. Like and follow to learn more. So that's literally the whole thing. Just kind That's of the crazy. whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the other thing that's... Crazy to me is that the attention spans have gotten so small, you just gotta try to hit them as much as you can. And by the way, that guy spelled uh upper wrong. I have a weird thing with catching spelling misspelled words. That's normal in a lot of this this social media.
1: I mean, they say there's a thing where a misspelled word makes you remember it. So like you just remember that and it kept your interesting. So
0: I um, see other ones and I see that misspelling, and it's just like but for me, it's like I can't get over that. I was thinking about the, the but I do, re- I'd remember that guy that he had a misspelled word. And I don't think that's super professional, but whatever. Let's go one. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. Shut up and bend over. I let your back to the talking over. So fuck up.
1: That's it. Isn't that crazy? Wow.
0: Well, their whole so page does their their marketing like that the whole page does it, i mean does it it doesn't even show like how you can get to that house or whatever just makes you try to go after it. can you message people i suppose you can if it's facebook you could message people on that
1: yeah it's like hey new listing or et cetera et cetera and just that quick those quick little snippets
0: right yeah that's interesting i'll tell you i don't i don't see it a lot um, around here at least it, it's not uh, getting pushed out I mean I'm like on my social media stuff I have a, uh, connected to a ton of uh, different realtors and stuff like that it would be interesting to see who actually does do that just because I, I have not seen um, that happen
1: yeah, it usually starts like on the coast and the big cities it moves its way inland
0: Then to pass out and my head hit the wall uh, yeah. yeah that's right that's that's kind of the the theme that i was talking about with andy and i if we did kind of the tiktok and almost make it a, a parody and kind of make fun of um the, the different things that happen in real estate you know you want to explain that for the audio listeners what that video okay well I, so i would you know everyone thinks their house is worth uh you know, way more than it is. Typically, that's what happens. It's actually gotten better, but it's kind of one of those things that you could show that. Oh yes, I mean, a, a from a realtor talking, yes, your house is beautiful. That's great, but I mean, you got you got a brass shower door for God's sakes, and your your oven's messy. You know, you could you kind of just play off of like, you know, they think it's the greatest thing in the world, but you can kind of play off of the. the bad things that are there so it's almost like the back end of real estate uh of what realtors have to uh, deal with when it comes to their clients and when they're making an offer and they're i mean just having fun with it so all of a sudden they're like you know we're going to make a strong offer and they go ten thousand under they want to put zero down and uh make it contingent upon everything you know and you know it's like okay sure you'll, you'll get that deal but almost kind of uh making fun of what does happen in this industry? So I just don't know. You got to just do it fast, you know. Maybe I'm a <laughs> But the music really had a lot to do with that whole feel as well, you know. That kind of that uh, that that's almost like a, a young person, you know, going after that's got a ton of money that that's going yeah. to attract. Yeah, what do you
1: think? Do you think it would attract older people too? I mean, just the way it was designed. Yeah. Or no? It was interesting
0: when I was watching. I was, you know, I was looking at it, but it almost made me feel like. Hey, that would be really a cool place in which to be able to have. And again, I think uh, in anything, and I try to do this all the time. Um, probably just in a in a different format, a lot different format. But uh, to be able to experience what that lifestyle is, and I think that's what this TikTok and the things that I've seen on there can really do. So, what happens with like music? Can you can you actually use that music from somebody else, and it's just credited to them, or do you have to pay that or is it free through TikTok?
1: Yeah, it's free through TikTok and actually helps you get more views if you use popular music. So okay. you're, you're encouraged
0: to use that kind of music. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think it's that's, that's kind of fun. I think it's, uh, you know, but again, it's it's a learning thing, you know, and from a, a real estate standpoint, it's kind of one of those things that there's so many things that we can use you know, and if you try to do all of them, you'll do none of them good. So it's kind of like you got to pick your poison and then you got to go with it. But I think for um, someone kind of getting started and trying to create a brand for who they are, you know, that like that girl that was doing the uh, the appraisal and that the appraisal didn't come and she kind of fainted. And it was just it's kind of like that's a playoff of what's happened in real estate. And. I think it would get people in which to look at her and it might do it. That's why I, I, I think we talked about this neck on here when Andy was on here. I said, he's, he's like, he'd be like the ultimate TikTok realtor, you know? And he, you know, cause he's, he's, I mean, he, Andy's very smart and he knows what he's doing, but he's also, you know, Hey, you know, what's going on kind of a thing. And I just think, and he can make fun of him. Yeah, there you go. And he can make, uh, and he can kind of make fun of himself. Um, but he's smart enough to know or shows enough that he can get away with it. You know, that he could look like, kind of like he's this old silly, funny guy that acts like a little kid, but yet he really knows what he's talking about uh, when it comes down. to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great way for an agent to show they are in real estate and still get some laughs. Know what I mean, not just post the same old blah, blah. Like right. this one then to here. pass
0: out. Then my head hit the wall.
1: Totally, that, that's way better than oh, why you need an agent? That infographic that everyone shares type deal.
0: Yeah, and even like that builder, the guy was that was that spelled upper wrong. You know, he was kind of he was basically saying what's the difference between new construction and fixing up the fixing up the house. So it says, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. You know, he knows the new construction part, and it was kind of cool. He sitting right there showing each side of it. And so I think it, it tells you a lot more than it actually tells you, figuratively. I mean, you wouldn't get a lot out of it, but you read into it more. And I think I think that's, I mean, that's what I always try to do. It's I call it my marketing, a lead them to the conclusion that you want them to believe, but let them come up with it. And those TikToks, I think they do that.
1: Yeah, now obviously some of them take a lot of work to make and create, but some of them, like the ones we showed with that girl, I mean, that's just a quick hitter, too. You write something, you faint, and you put music in there. So, I mean, yeah. that's a quick original post for a realtor to use. Yeah.
0: Yep. Cool. cool. Andy's appointment must have been a little too long here.
1: Let's get into some unpopular opinions. So, hold on. Put this out here for you. And I want to see what you think of it. Can you read it, too?
0: Okay. Interest rates is not should be the end all, uh, be all of comparing lenders. This is probably one of the most annoying challenges to overcome when working with the buyers. Um, one thousand uh, percent, this is true, is that uh, you know, there's a lot more than to just an interest rate. I think that the number one thing is actually getting it done. Uh, getting it done and on time is a, is a big thing. And um, and having a referral to a lender that has done it on time. So if you've worked with a person and it's, and it's good, but the thing you have to remember is that when we're dealing with the lenders, and say we have a, a, a certain one or two that we send our people to, there's a reason we do that because number one, we believe they're they're going to do the best job for that client. Now, there's a, a lot of things you know uh, ease pain pain and ease of getting the mortgage done, um, making sure that it's done, knowing the cost and, and getting you the best uh, value that they can. Obviously, interest rates play into that as well. Um, but then the I think the whole pain in the butt and um, being knowing exactly what they're doing. So we don't have an issue. And when that happens, and you show up to the closing table and you sign your papers and everything's great is, is you know, you're like, oh, that was so simple. Well, there's a reason that was simple, you know, because they've done it over and over and over again. And, um, you know, going back and forth to different lenders and trying to get the best interest rate. I mean, we, we ran into a couple instances this year where people have switched and flopped and um, all of a sudden, you know, we don't close for uh, 30, 40, 40 days or the lender didn't give the right information or they didn't get the the disclosure notice out. And, and when you have just... Uh, A lender that's only dealing with one person, there's no real leverage there, you know, I mean, so let's just say if I've got my person that I'm referring, you know, a lot of loans to a year that things going to get done, you know, and there's different lenders that have different uh, abilities to do stuff such as uh, portfolio loans, let's just say something crazy comes up at the end, something stupid, something dumb that they know they can get past. Some of these mortgage companies can offer, hey, I've got this interim financing. If, if we can't get this stuff together to package the loan to be able to send it out. So, um, so it doesn't screw up closings and stuff. So, yeah, there's so much more um, than an interest rate when it comes to a, a lender. And I, the, I say the same thing with a realtor, too. I don't um, I'm not a discount realtor, you know, and some people say, oh, geez, I need. I, I don't want to pay this much money, you know, to be able to sell my house. And I have to explain to them the value. It's what, it's what you're getting, you know. Sometimes when you're paying 5% or 4.5%, you know, you're not getting anything. And you shouldn't even pay that much. You should pay based on what you're actually getting. And uh, I, I do agree. I mean, commissions are, are negotiable. But uh, there's, a, there's a lot of value in getting the right, not only lender, realtor, but a title company as well. So there's no problems uh, when it comes down to it, because when there's a problem, then it becomes a big problem. Okay, uh, this is okay. This is interesting. Only reason, only reason people make a big deal out of commissions is because they're out in the open. I don't know. Um, I think uh, I think everyone inherently wants a, a, a deal, but I think people want a value. Uh, I look at it, and I'm not whatever. I mean, it's, but if so, there's a difference in, in prices. So I'm going to say it. So some people, um, want a Mercedes and some people want a, um, Ford Fiesta. Okay. They both run, they both do the kind of the same thing, but you know what? Some people see the value in having that Mercedes. And so they they I think people look for value. They don't look for necessarily, uh, the cheapest. And sometimes they do. I mean if macaroni and cheese is 99 cents somewhere and it's 79 cents another place and it's the same macaroni and cheese well hey that's great you know um you know but even there you know you go to uh a, a, a barley's versus a walmart you know and that same stuff uh is a, is different but you have much more uh if you go to barley's you have a a, a huge selection of different things you want. But those macaroni and cheeses might be the same, but you're paying for that other experience as well. So, and they're packing their groceries and they're sending them out on a thing, you know, those things cost money, but people like that, you know? So I think that uh, is with the commissions too. I mean, commissions are, uh, and I think it's important that everyone knows that they that they are uh, negotiable, but people are selling um, you know, their, their services and uh, you should just see what they're given for those services. So, okay, people overrate the significance of inspections. Hmm. Um, I think, okay, here's what I think at inspections is that in the end, I don't think they're a bad thing at all. I think you should do them, but sometimes you're not able to. So it's either picking the fact that, hey, I want that house, or I'm going to do an inspection that I'm afraid of it. And I've talked to three different inspectors on this and uh, asked them, I said, if you were to kind of put all of the houses together, in the end, what would you say is the average house that there's issues that someone would ask for or that is, is a problem? And the answer I always get is maybe $1,000 to $2,000, okay? So... When I get in that situation where the uh, inspection, you know, is one of those things that, hey, do you want to do it or not? You know, you can still do an inspection so you have that peace of mind, so you know what's there, but you don't make it contingent upon that. I tell people to figure in that's going to cost you $5,000 not to do that. And what that means is that there might be a, a bunch of problems, but it's it's worth $5,000 uh, to me in which to be able to do that. So. There's other ways in which to do it. There's a, a, a inspectors that uh, will do this that they'll go during your showing and just look at the, the more expensive things, you know? And I mean, really what you're worried about is uh, the uh, foundation, uh, the structure, and uh, probably the roofing. You can always get a warranty, a home warranty, or a, a service contract from uh, the utility company to be able to cover all your mechanicals and stuff like that. And if that's not disclosed or things aren't disclosed, you have a remedy to be able to go back after that seller as well for that. So having, um, you know, during your showing, if that's something that you're thinking about, you know, it's bring an inspector and or, you know, there's a lot of agents that have, you know, have dealt with that stuff a lot and kind of know where the telltale signs are. So while you're showing, you should probably look at those things to see if that's a problem or not. So. That's, I I don't know if, I don't know if, I wouldn't say if they're overrated, but um, I think you just have to understand usually what they they catch, so. Okay, so. but this is weird doing this all alone. While it is a tough market for buyers, there's also a bunch of buyers who put in terrible offers then cry that they can't get a house. Take everyone's experience with a grain of salt. Okay. I don't know where that's going but um yeah there's uh there's sometimes people have to learn the hard way and and they learn the hard way from losing a few times and uh thinking that they they know what's going on and but i'll tell you what it's tough it's tough to be able to go out there the first house you look at that's listed at you know 299 that you have to pay three hundred seventy thousand for it it's like what i mean this is crazy so sometimes losing is not a bad I mean, it's not a bad thing it gets you kind of to know it and i always say you know there there isn't one house that's the absolute perfect it might be i mean if you're living right next to your best friend and it's on a cul-de-sac and it's got everything that you wanted you know and that you lose it you know i would i would kind of look at yourself and say you know did i put my best foot forward and if you did there's nothing you can do about it but if you didn't, well, now you got to kind of think about it because you you want a deal. So I think, um, you know, it's it's when the buyers, um, you know, and I think that's happened. I think a lot of buyers have actually opted out uh, of the market and, and trying to wait it out, um, especially if you're trying to get a, like a second home or a cabin or whatever, that they're like, geez, I, I mean, yeah, we can get it and the, and the rates are great, but I think we're really be overpricing and we're just trying to get something, you know, that's, that's okay that you can try, just don't complain about it later on that, you know, we can't get a house and we've tried everything that we possibly can, when you don't want to do what the market is doing, because the house is only worth what the buyer's willing to pay and the seller's willing to sell it for. Um, so, um, but yeah, a lot of people uh, do have a problem uh, when they lose, but I think from an agent standpoint, if, if we give them all the information, that they can make an informed decision, and if they lose, they lose, and we move on to the next one. And that's a big thing uh, from a realtor is setting expectations because when you lose, it's it's a traumatic event for a lot of people. Because when you go to purchase a house, you don't just say, yeah, that's cool, let's grab it, I'll see if, if, if it works. No, you've already looked at the neighborhood, you've driven around, you've put Susie in her room and Billy in his room. You know, you've talked about how you're going to uh, put that pool in the backyard, where they're going to school, when we're moving in. I mean, because you it's all on paper, you know, hey, I've got that house for $400,000. I'm moving in the end of September. Uh, it's going to be perfect. It's timing. And then all of a sudden you lose and you start all over again. And so it's a, it's a tough thing for an agent to kind of keep that person um, excited. You know, and we ran ran in, in this market, we've ran into people many, many, many times on, on our own listings that have lost 10, 10 plus times on houses. And I think in sometimes people are just trying to grab anything they possibly could. And some of those losses, maybe eight of them, were just, hey, we'll take it if we can get it for this kind of price. Not that we love it, but at least we'll get into something. All right, we're rolling. Let's just do two more of these. They're good. Okay, I would not be surprised if a lawsuit or something arises because of how FHA offers are considered weaker. Okay, um, yeah, that is uh, in, in the marketplace. And I think that's um, for two reasons. No, well, the, the big reason, which kind of stems into other reasons is the appraisal. Because uh, there is an appraisal guarantee, and that's with VA as well, that the house has to appraise for what they paid for it, or they can get out of it you know and so that becomes a contingency and uh, now typically people go fha and va because it's a low down uh, government program and it doesn't um, help you really at all if you put more money down on it now we did have a va offer on a house that um, ended up putting 20 percent down but there's some good options based on what your eligibility is from a va so it's sometimes VA can get past it, but on FHA, you can put 50% down and you're still going to have uh, mortgage insurance on it. So typically people that do FHA offers are sometimes the, uh, you can have a lower credit score. You might've had a, a, a problem before, whether it's bankruptcy or foreclosure, you can get a loan quicker than that. And, um, But the biggest problem is it's it's typically an appraisal. So when people do look at offers, that is what they're they're looking at. They're looking at what are the ability for this to be able to be closed and me to get my money, you know? And so if there's an offer over here that's cash and there's an offer here that's 20% down conventional and there's an offer here that's FHA with 3.5% down with an appraisal guarantee, what are you going to do? You're gonna probably go to the other to offer. So I think that's uh, I think that's uh, whether or not lawsuits will come out of that, I don't know. Or hopefully maybe um, FHA will uh, adjust what they're doing uh, to be able to help those people. So and obviously the market's the market. Okay, people get too caught up in it's sold for X over list price. It doesn't matter what it's listed at. You could price a three hundred thousand dollar house for one dollar and it'll sell for three hundred thousand it's funny when the park- when uh, hold on hold on when, when people write like
1: that it's like they're like beyond themselves and that's why they're they're writing in that uh weird writing
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i'm like what the talking about it they're all spelled right though but um i ran into the parking lot today it was, it was interesting that they, they were talking about well, what percentage over full price are people going? And I said, I don't think people look at it like that. You know, I think you got to look at it what what it is worth to you. Um, but I think uh, sellers definitely have that now because they're hearing all these stories, and they think there's there should happen. But I'm telling you, price points happen, and all of a sudden it's, it's up and down, and and different different price points get have excitement going in them. So it just depends. on on when you hit it and what else you want. You know, um, we've had a client that is is 100% what they wanted, was a big thing to them, is that they could stay in their house until their other house was done. Well, it's months, it's months out. And so getting someone to do that's not easy. And they're able to do that. And they were able to um, sacrifice a little more on price than they were, uh, you know, how much over it went. But I think it is, uh, it's kind of a, a badge of honor that, oh yeah, I, I listed my house and I got 50,000 over full price Oh, you did? I got 60,000. You know, it's just some of it gets a little silly.
1: Perfect. Let's go into our, our game time. Market this. Am oh, I wow. playing the game by myself? <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> that means you automatically win.
0: I win. Well,
1: I always win anyway,
0: so what's the difference?
1: Uh, just kidding all right there's me How does it, it looks um so in enough
0: market, market this uh segment right yep okay so uh on these segments what we're doing is uh looking at houses that may not have sold uh prior and then kind of like what we would do um, um with that uh here's one that we found uh it's kind of uh, it's actually in spring lake township which is just outside of prior lake and that's an acreage place, and I don't know, Nick, if you can go in and uh, if we look at that uh, listing. I think it was on. There's quite a f- few acres that it's on, um, but if you could do those pictures quick, so obviously showing an aerial, which is good uh, for an acreage parcel to be able to do. Uh, that's a that's a good thing. Uh, if you want to just keep going through, but it is now here we got. So if you go back to that front picture. I think on something like this, that's been, that expired, you know, you have to give this house a new look. And I mean, I think a, a telltale sign right here uh, immediately is that you got to remove all that landscape uh, that's in front. And get that. House. Hold on one
1: second. One second.
0: Cut. Wow, look at you. But see all these trees that are in front and then the bushes to the uh, on the left-hand of the picture and the right-hand side of the picture? But you, the biggest scare for people when it comes to acreage properties is typically maintenance. And when you show that it needs a ton of maintenance, you know, no one likes to take out trees and stuff like that, and, and maybe you can replant them. But those trees in front, those two trees in front, 1,000% have to go. And all of that other stuff, you want that as open as you possibly can. I think on this house, which I've, I've never showed it because this is one of those houses that you either like a log home or you don't. And so as we go inside, um, there might be some ways in which to be able to kind of get someone that's thinking about acreage uh, to not do it. So everything in here, I mean, obviously everything is wood. To some people, uh, that's, that's a, a, a good thing. But we've also, to not take down the wood or to compromise it, we've also covered up different things, you know, to kind of um, make it a little less uh, woodsy. And so that that comes with maybe some some artwork and stuff on there, which we t- typically don't want a lot of it on there. But if you go, likely that all it is, is wood. That's all you see. And so how you take pictures uh, might be a little differently. So you can kind of grab and that carpet kind of just plays right into the wood. But like upstairs, you can kind of get just a little different feel. Maybe get more furniture in your photos, you know, like that. That one it gives you some of that that look, but yet you have um, the sheetrock, so that's that's a little better. Now, this this that table makes you feel like everything is dated. That's the same thing with that desk in that office, you know. This is this is comes a room that I mean what would make me think is that geez they don't have enough room to exercise. Uh, the relaxation and their office is all in the same spot, you know, Um, but doing some of those blinds, typically I would have those off. In in this case, I don't know, I might, I might keep those on Uh, the valances just because it tones down some of the wood somewhat. You know, kitchen cabinets, this is a, it's a great opportunity to maybe go in there because this is a, it doesn't even really match with the other wood, but this might be a great opportunity to be able to kind of jazz this up a little and uh, have that painted and give it give it a little rest so you can kind of get some other buyers. And I know this one was on the market almost two years, started out a lot higher, but I think you've proven that it's not going to sell the way it is. OK, so we have to figure out a different method in which to be able to go after it. You know, see all the pans and stuff uh, to the right of the the microwave, and the microwave was kind of retrofitted into a space that's not big. And say it's it's just like you you can't have that kind of stuff happen. You have to you have to. Um, all it does is says, hey, there's there's no storage, or hey, we just retrofitted. We had to. This is a used um, range and a used uh microwave that we threw in there and it didn't quite fit so we threw some pots and pans on the side you just can't you can't do that stuff especially um when it comes time to uh redoing it uh and and relisting it so again kind of the same the same old thing here um you know that table right in the middle I wouldn't have that table in there maybe for showings you would but for pictures you can't have that in your way you know and 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 you might want to get that out of that uh, light out of there because it just looks um, it's it just doesn't and maybe that's not the picture to use they should just use the other pictures so I think some of the, the marketing things and it's nothing against who's there it's probably or who did it but um, it's it just kind of uh, feels like the the picture quality and stuff like that wasn't um, super uh, important uh, to them. You see all the glares off the windows, see all the trees up back again, it just say, okay, you want that to say, look at all the privacy versus look at all the work that's out there. And in this kind of a picture, you know, you have a, a table that's kind of off-centered with a little rug on there and the carpet goes up the walls. You know, it just, you don't, you don't want to focus on that. You might want to put that picture up a little higher and just take the outside view instead.
1: So like we were so- talking about, before with the Mercedes and the Ford Fiesta. I mean, this is the thing you're paying for value, right? I mean someone not trying to bash who did this, but yeah. you can't make these mistakes, right?
0: yeah. I mean, you know, and it I'll tell you the other thing is is there's there there's times that you know that people are, you know, hey, you tell the seller everything in which to do and they don't do it. But it's it's kind of like you better let them know because I've had listings where you know, I felt that hey, you guys are you guys gonna overprice it, and it's gonna hurt you in the end. You know, but ultimately you gotta do what the the seller wants you uh, to do, and and you never know for that right person. You can't you can't price a house just for that right person. And I think you know, with a with a log house like this, you know, if you want a log house, there's not a lot of them that come on the market. And so it's kind of one of those things that maybe they said, you know what, gosh, maybe someone will go for it. Um, see, so I would get those those uh, curtains out of there for sure, uh, on that one. But it's like rugs on the on the floor, you know. All of that stuff has to go because that's uh, that just kind of takes your uh, eye away from it. So that's not a horrible photo. Okay, that's better. So it shows space and a super cool fireplace. See, see the difference that You have a bunch of wood there, but when you have that carpet and you have that stone it doesn't look like it's completely woods, would it? So yeah, it's try- a good contrast. Yeah, I need more photos like that. But I mean, now it's got that little cabinet right on that back of that fireplace. You know, you, you just took away, you know, the, the value of that, that cool fireplace. So that looks like a totally different house now, you know? I mean, it looks like a totally, where is this and what is this kind of a thing? So I think it kind of, uh, you know, that that throws me off. So when you're when you're marketing something, you want to have someone because everyone's first impression is on the internet. That's your first impression, and you're bringing them through that house to be able to show them, um, you know, what's good and bad and why why they should set up a showing and be able to go look at this. And I just think that this is a case of just throwing a bunch of pictures at someone and let them kind of decide. I mean, it's like that. Okay, what? Now I'm really confused. What's going on here? What, what is that? <laughs> you kind of but You see what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a yeah, yeah. Think so. <laughs> okay. One more. Go back. Go back one. Well, see this little green up in the right upper right corner. Okay, where's that? Yeah, that must be that must be that other room. Go so go back the other way. This is what people will do. Now they'll go back to the other photos. Okay, there. Oh, that must be that wall. And they're concentrating on trying to figure out where the heck it is versus what the benefits are. You can't do that. So, it's a different house in the lower level. It looks like the lower level because the ceilings are super low. See, that's the other thing you don't want people to know because that's what you're thinking. And, oh, you know, the basement's super low, and it might not be, but some of the angles of the photos are. So, photography is so important. Uh, On there, this could be a that could have been a super cool photo, I think, uh, if that table wasn't there, that last one. So it's just different things like that that are so important. Um, it was listed. To get acreage, acreage, four thousand square feet with six tall garage, uh, those extra outbuildings in in and around Prior Lake at acreage for six fifty is cheap. That's really inexpensive. But as it sits and sits, and then people look at those photos that they, they in their mind they say there's something wrong with it. let's move on so you have to you have to change the narrative of what that house is. I've been very good at uh re um um purposing and and coming back with a new way of marketing a house and something like that I mean I wouldn't be surprised that the, that thing was seven fifty instead if you redid it so it's like in, give me give, that's a that's a big me, difference. Give me some blood and sweat and about ten thousand bucks. You probably make up eighty-five thousand more because even at six fifty, that thing's not that I mean, longer it sits on the market, if no one's going after it, no one's gonna come and say, Oh gosh, yeah, we'll just give you six fifty. They don't do that, they're gonna say, even if they love it and it's the best thing ever, I'll give you five eighty. You know, what do you want to do? And now it becomes, you know, how bad is it? So now now we're six hundred to seven fifty. There's a huge difference so
1: that's amazing yeah let's do our last uh little segment here who is the most important person in? uh, hold on most important person a real estate transaction gonna make the banner hold on and then our it was our andy's analogies
0: There he was, he's back. (laughs) The most important person in a real estate transaction. Wow, Um, geez, who's the king. So we're gonna go from a perspective of uh, like the people that you hire. So whether it's a a realtor, a lender, a closer, an inspector, a contractor, uh, I think on that. And um, I think the most important person, number one, is your client? It's either the buyer or the seller. Cause they ultimately are the ones that are making, uh, the, the decisions. But I think the, the, the most important person in a real estate transaction surprise, it's the realtor. And, uh, because I think if you find a good realtor, all of those other things come with that. Uh, so, uh, I think that's a, a big thing to be able to get the right realtor. And, um, you know, it's someone that's going to tell you the, the truth of, you know, it's not who you pay the least. It's not who you pay the most. It's who's going to give you an honest assessment and has done it before and and, and knows that uh, whether it's that individual market or that price point. You know, there's a there's a whole different um, realm of uh things that you have as a realtor, when you start getting into the luxury and lifestyle properties, there's a big difference. You have to understand how those people work and how that market works. Cause if you don't, and you just look at, oh my gosh, it's five bedrooms and four baths and 7,000 square feet, and it's on two and a half acres and it's this, this, and that. Well, that's not the case. You got to know that in that price point, that a main floor bedroom is a big deal. You got to know that hey, the ability to have an outbuilding or to have an outbuilding or a pool is a big deal, you know, in that in that price point because it becomes a lifestyle. And if you if you're used to the lower price ranges, where I mean, not so much anymore, but a pool was a detriment more than a, than a help, uh, you you might uh, be pricing that thing wrong uh, for people. You might be right based on hey, here's what real estate does, but um, that's how you get more of the house because people that are looking, whether it's luxury or lifestyle, they can afford it and they're going to buy what they want to buy. And they see value in things that you might not um, identify or know as value. But if you're working in that, um, that realm, you know what those people are looking for and, and what they're willing to pay for that. And that also comes into then What are your suggestions to get that house ready? Very important because, if you know what those buyers are looking for and you're not giving it to them you're not going to sell the house you're not going to get the most amount of money so you have to um uh, i think the answer to your question nick the most important person in a real estate transaction is the right realtor well i mean i think we
1: just saw in our, our market this segment with that, that last home i mean hundred thousand dollar difference well it hasn't it didn't even sold sell for
0: yeah I know, yeah, and, I, and and like I said, it you, you there's a lot to do with what uh, the seller's willing to do, and you know what, as an agent, you can certainly um, walk away from those things. It's just usually not in the DNA of a realtor to walk away um, from a deal. But I think once you've done it enough times and know that it's it's going to fail anyways, and you're going to look bad because of it, so I don't even know we list it listed, but it's kind of like they might have. Um, had nothing to do with it other than they're trying to get it sold for this person. That's all they were willing to do. And, uh, they were just doing it for, you know, a little fee, you know, but that those things hurt. I mean, those things hurt you in the long run because I'll tell you what, no matter what I did or someone else does after the fact, everyone's going to look back at those old photos and kind of go, Hmm, I wonder, I wonder why, why I just had one that we just did. Um, and if I could, I, I might do that. I might show you the before and after, uh, photos of that. And then sometimes it's just the seller wasn't ready in which to be able to do it. So, and we were able to switch it, remarket it, and we got it sold um, right away. And that was over, you know, $2 million a house. So
1: amazing. What do you have going on coming up?
0: Who knows? I'm going to give the, I'll tell you what though, next week I'm going to give the same market update that I gave this week. That's okay. <laughs> and then maybe. I, I'm just not used to talking so much. Andy usually talks all the yeah.
1: time. Yeah. You did good. You did good. I'm about to go up uh, by the pool, drink some vino, and then make my way to the coast uh, this weekend. So it, it should be nice.
0: I'm excited. What time, what time is it there?
1: Um, four o'clock. So an hour happy hour, you know.
0: It's four, four, it's four o'clock, yeah. Yeah, so good for you. All right. Well, enjoy, and uh, I guess we'll see everyone next week. Ciao, ciao.